This is the 8th edition of TNA Impact Wrestling Analysis. My name is Levi D. Smith and I'm coming to you from the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me. I have a great show planned out for tonight, so let's go ahead and get to it and review last week's episode of Impact. For the September 3rd edition of Impact, we saw EC3 come out, and he had a list of demands, and his three demands were, first of all, the termination of Bully Ray, the second was that the words hardcore and extreme were to no longer be used in TNA wrestling, and also the third demand was that everyone should show EC3 respect and he didn't want to hear any more you can't wrestle chants. So of course the crowd started you can't wrestle after that. And then Rhino confronted EC3 and Rockstar Spud and basically EC3 just fed Spud to Rhino in the upcoming match and it's really hilarious match. Rhino, he just totally ran over Rockstar Spud. Spud just looked like a rag doll in the ring. Didn't really have any chance at all. So this was followed up by a match between Gail Kim and Taryn Carell, the number three in the series between those two knockouts, and to see who the better knockout is. And Gail Kim was victorious over Taryn Carell after Taryn Carell, she came off the top rope and did a cross body block into Gail Kim, but... Gail Kim was able to reverse it into a roll-up. So Gail Kim got the victory, but right after that, Havoc came out. Uh, We'd been seeing these mysterious promos for the past few weeks, and this was her time to debut in Impact Wrestling. And I don't know, the debut seemed a little bit lackluster. Uh, I thought they could have used some smoke or some red lights or turned out the lights or something like that. She just kind of walked out to the ring. She kind of had like a cape on. She took that off. And when she hit the ring, I mean, she's just a total monster. She took out both Gil Kim and Taryn Carell, and they were just lifeless in the ring after Havoc was through with them. And, yeah, I, th- I think she's going to be a great monster, a great addition to the knockout uh, division. When she was doing the screaming, it kind of reminded me of Lady Tapa. And, yeah, I really don't care for that. I know Daphne, she's able to pull out the screaming gimmick perfectly. But I don't think some of these other female wrestlers can do it as well. So I'd rather not see her do that. Uh, I like the silent monster type, sort of like an awesome Kong. Just go to the ring, do your business, destroy your competition, and walk out without saying a word. And also, Havoc has been added to the Knockouts website. So you can go on there and check out some pictures of Havoc. It's pretty interesting. They also have, like, stats and factoids on each of the Knockouts. And for Havoc, it says that her hobbies are collecting knives, swords, and machetes. So really odd uh, hobby there. But, hey, we all got to have something to pass the time. And also noticed during the match between Gail Kim and Taryn Carell that Gail is now wrestling with a wedding ring on. So I don't know, maybe this is going to lead in up to something with them bringing in Robert Irvine. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Usually don't see ladies wrestling with their wedding ring on. We also saw a match with 
Samuel Shaw teaming up with Gunner to take on Magnus and Bram. And, yeah, I'm liking both of these teams. I think Magnus and Bram, they need a team name. I don't know they could go back and use an old name like London Brawling or British Invasion, or maybe they could come up with something new. But just Magnus and Bram sounds kind of plain. But uh, really great match. It ended when Bram, he came and clipped Gunner's injured leg. And Samuel Shaw, he's just kind of on the outside of the ring, kind of slow, didn't look like he was in it or anything, and he wasn't able to make the save. And as Taz said, yeah, it looks like he really wasn't trying to save Gunner at all. So, I don't know, it led up to a little bit of friction between Samuel Shaw and Gunner. And it's also interesting, before the match, we saw a backstage segment with Gunner talking to Samuel Shaw, and then we saw Brittany in the background, and Brittany was kind of giving the eyes to Samuel Shaw, so I think that would be an interesting couple there. Both of them, they just aren't right in the brain, not right in the mind, so I think we could see some great things with the pairing of those two. And I'm also really liking the team of Magnus and Bram. I think they fit well together. Magnus, he's already had his uh, time to shine. He's been a main inventor, and I think Magnus is done a great job to elevate Bram, a virtual unknown, so I think they're really helping each other out, and it's great great to see that Magnus isn't worried about losing his spot or anything to Bram, so I think they're working well together. They may break up down the road, but uh, really liking that team right now. Then we saw a backstage segment, actually looked like it was on a patio or on top of a building there in New York, and uh, the Bromans, they were going to meet the women that they were matched up on tinder so they're all hanging out there with djz as well and then all of a sudden the beautiful people velvet sky and angelina love they come and join in and that was who they had been paired up with on tinder i think robbie e was paired up with velvet and jesse goddard's was paired up with angelina love so it looks like this is going to be a new intergender faction which on their website they refer to them as the Beautiful Bros. So really interested in seeing where where that team goes. I know both the Bromans and the Beautiful People, they were just kind of flailing around for a while, really didn't have any direction. So I think this could uh, invigorate those two teams. And it would be interesting. I think this week we're going to see the Bromans with Velvet Sky team up to go up against the Menagerie. So that should be a great match. And one interesting thing is Robbie E., he just seems to always get all the hot ladies. I mean, he's with Brooke Adams, also known as Brooke Tessmacher, on The Amazing Race. He's getting Velvet Sky with the beautiful people. And some people may have forgot he debuted with Cookie, also known as Becky Bayless, when he first debuted in Impact Wrestling. And they had a sort of a rivalry with the guest stars, Jay Wow. Jay Wow actually came in from New Jersey Shore and was on Impact Wrestling to feud with uh, both Robbie E. and Cookie. So, yeah, he's just one lucky guy there. So I think there's great things in store for Robbie E. in the future. We also saw a match between Bobby Roode and Eric Young. 
And this was determined the true number one contender for Bobby Lashley's world heavyweight title. And I liked it how backstage MVP confronted Bobby Roode. And he was trying to, like, stir up some trouble between him and EY. He was bringing up some of the things in the past about how Roode just really used to treat Eric Young horribly, like, I think it was like five years ago or so. And Eric Young, he lost a match where he just had become subservient to Bobby Roode. And only complaint is I wish they had shown some video of that. I think it would have highlighted that really well. The only problem is they had Tracy Brooks. She was Bobby Roode's valet at the time. So, yeah, maybe they didn't want to bring her back or show her on screen. I don't know. But, yeah, I thought it was great. It would have been even greater if Bobby Roode had brought up Antonio Banks, spelt with a dollar sign instead of an S. That was MVP's original gimmick when he debuted in Impact Wrestling years and years ago. He was just like a jobber, a curtain jerker, only had a couple of matches in Impact Wrestling back then. But, yeah, I would have laughed out loud if he just would mentioned Antonio Banks. But he didn't do it. But it's a great match between Bobby Roode and Eric Young. But Bobby Roode was victorious in the end. He was able to hit the Roode bomb. And it kind of looks like a fireman's carry into a DVD. Yeah, Death Valley Driver. And, yeah, I'm just glad that they gave this name a move. Now, if they just give his crossface a name as well, I'd be completely happy. But, yeah, it looked like a really devastating move. A lot of people have used it in the past, such as Tommy Dreamer. And I think Louis Spicoli uh, had the Spicoli driver. So, yeah, great move for his finisher. After the match, Eric, of course, Eric Young was totally disappointed because he lost. But uh, there was a show of respect between the two. And I think Bobby Roode was the right choice to win this match. Because Eric Young, he's already had multiple chances uh, against Bobby Lashley. And he always seems to come up short. Never can beat Bobby Lashley. So I think it's time to give Bobby Roode another shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. After this match, we also saw a segment. Austin Aries comes out to the ring. He is currently feuding with Cowboy James Storm and also the Great Sonata. And Ares, he brings in another Japanese wrestler to to take on uh, Cowboy James Storm and Sonata. And he brings in Tajiri. And Tajiri was one of the originals in ECW back in the day. Uh, He was known as the Japanese Buzzsaw. And he was the originator of the Tarantula move. So it's great to see Tajiri back. He's a little bit older. It's been a while since we've seen him. I don't think he's actually ever been in Impact Wrestling. But uh, great to see him there. And it should be a great tag team match between Austin Aries and Tajiri to face Storm and Sonata when they lock it up in the ring. We also saw a number one X Division contendership match uh, between many competitors in the X Division. I really like that they're continuing to feature the X Division and every week on Impact Wrestling, but I, I just wish they would change it up a little bit with the competitors. Seems like we've seen the same guys. Tigre Uno, Crazy Steve, Homicide, Loki, DJZ. We see them each and every week. So, I don't know. 
maybe they could bring in somebody new or just change up the rotation a little bit between those guys. But as always, it's great action between those guys. Homicide, he was able to pull it out in the end after he hit the Gringo Killer on Manic. So he's now the new number one contender for the X Division Championship. And he will face Samoa Joe for that championship. I really like what they're doing with the X Division. It reminds me a lot of the Cruiserweight Division in WCW. It's just really fast-paced action, constant action, and they have competitors from all around the world. Crazy Steve, I don't know. I think Crazy Steve needs to step his game up a little bit. Haven't really seen too much from him lately. I mean, he's he's really over with the crowd. Uh... I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, he's relative unknown. He's doing the clown gimmick. I've never really been a fan of the clown gimmicks. I remember uh, Doink the Clown and Dink the Clown back in the day. I mean, they kind of got me out of wrestling. I just don't find that entertaining. But I don't know. Crazy Steve's all right. But I wish, I don't know, he would change it up just a little bit. And also, after the match... Cowboy James Storm and Great Sonata came out, and Manic was just like laid out on the outside of the ring, and they drugged Manic by his feet to the backstage. So I'm thinking Manic may become a part of this new revolution by Cowboy James Storm. So I think it'd be really good to have a new gimmick for Manic. Uh, that gimmick was originally created, the suicide gimmick, back in 2008. Uh, for the TNA Impact video game. And there's been multiple people who have worn that costume over the years, but yeah, it's over five years old now. It'd just be good to see something new instead of that gimmick. It's, it's kind of stale, and I don't know. I think a, a change for Manic, also known as TJ Perkins, would be great for him. And in the main event, we saw Lashley... Go up against Samoa Joe. Now, at the beginning of the, of the show, Samoa Joe called out Lashley. Lashley and MVP were just spewing a bunch of uh, rhetoric out there. And Joe just didn't want to hear it anymore. He said, yeah, it's time to put up or shut up and take him on. So it was a great match between the two. A lot of power moves. I think I saw more power moves in this match than any other match that I've seen all year. So a great job. Joe, he was able to put the Kahina clutch on Lashley, but then Kenny King, unfortunately, he comes out and and interferes and distracts Joe, and then Lashley comes out and puts a full Nelson slam on Samoa Joe. Fortunately, Joe was able to actually kick out after Lashley hit that move, but right after that, Lashley comes up and spears Joe, and Joe just didn't have anything left in the tank, and Lashley got the one, two, three... Now it's time for the ratings. So last week's edition of Impact Wrestling had 1.095 million viewers in the United States. And that's not counting the DVR viewers. And this was actually an increase again over the previous week's viewership. And this is the first time Impact Wrestling broke 1 million viewers on Wednesday night. So they're just continuing to climb in the ratings. Now it's time for This Week in TNA Wrestling History. So this week, nine years ago, actually on September 11th, 
there was the Unbreakable Pay-Per-View, and this has been billed as one of the greatest pay-per-views in TNA history. And in the main event of this pay-per-view, there was an X-Division title championship match between AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels. And just a great match. Definitely recommend everyone watch that match. If you haven't seen it before, AJ Styles he was victorious in that main event. This week, eight years ago, we saw Jeff Jarrett on Impact. He took a lie detector test at the request of Jim Cornette, and Jim Cornette was accusing Jeff Jarrett of being in cahoots with Larry Zbysko, and at the end, he ended up failing the lie detector test, and Jim Cornette declared that there will be a fan's revenge lumberjack match with Jeff Jarrett. So if Jeff Jarrett got thrown outside the ring, there were fans at ringside with belts and leather whips and things like that, and they would just whip him. And this week, seven years ago, there was the No Surrender pay-per-view, and this was the pay-per-view where Team Pac-Man, Adam Pac-Man Jones, where he teamed up with... Ron the Truth Killings, and they defeated Kurt Angle and Sting for the TNA Tag Team Championships. On that pay-per-view, we also saw Jay Lethal defeat Kurt Angle for the X Division title. This week, one year ago, AJ Styles won the Gauntlet Battle Royal against 11 other competitors in the Bound for Glory series, and at the time, AJ Styles was on the outside of the top four contenders. The top four in the Bound for Glory series would go on to compete in a series of matches to determine who would go on to Bound for Glory to compete for the World Heavyweight Championship. So AJ was on the outside looking in, but after he won this gauntlet battle royal, he picked up 20 points, which skyrocketed him into the number one spot and that actually knocked Jeff Hardy out of the final four. Now it's time for news and rumors. So last week on Friday night, we saw King Mo and Lashley both compete on the latest Bellator special on Spike TV. And both of those guys representing Impact Wrestling, they were both victorious in their matches. King Mo. He fought one guy, and he just kept punching him, and the other guy was bleeding, so he just punched him out. I think it was a technical knockout. I mean, the other guy, he just wasn't able to continue on. He was just so beaten and bloody. And Lashley, he had a match. I think he won in the second round. His competition didn't look like it was the toughest in the world guy looked a little bit out of shape but the guy I, I have to give him credit he really took a beating from Lashley and he just wouldn't give up and in the end Lashley he jumped on the guy's back and he put his big arm around the throat of the guy and he just choked him out and he instantly tapped out so great job to both of those guys I like the fact that before Lashley's match, they showed clips of Lashley uh, wrestling and Impact Wrestling. I didn't care for the announcers. They kind of made it seem like his wrestling experience was not an advantage, that it could actually be bad for Lashley. But it's still great after Lashley 
won his match and he's in the ring giving his victory speech. He was actually wearing an Impact Wrestling cap and he kind of pointed to the Impact Wrestling on his cap there. So I thought that was good for Lashley to give TNA Wrestling and Impact Wrestling a little bit of more exposure there. Also, over the weekend at the Fayetteville, North Carolina show, this was a TV taping, and it actually featured many wrestlers in the British Boot Camp 2 series. So, seems like that was a treat for the fans in Fayetteville, North Carolina, so I'm sure that will be airing in the UK soon on the Challenge Network. There's been some more announcements for Bound for Glory. New Wrestle One talent has been added to the card for Bound for Glory in Tokyo, Japan at Korokuen Hall or Korokan Hall. Not exactly sure how to pronounce that, but uh, they had already announced that the Great Muda and Tajiri would be a part of that pay per view, and they also added Ryotahama and. Ryota Hama is a, another Wrestle One star. He was actually a former sumo wrestler. He wrestled in sumo from 1995 to 2008. So I've seen this guy. He looks like he's a really cool guy. He's always taking selfies of himself. And I think his, uh, his catchphrase is Hama time. And yeah, in his sumo career, he actually reached rank of. Uh, Makushita 6, or I guess that would be Makushita Roku, which I think is really good for sumo wrestling. After his sumo career ended, he went to All Japan Pro Wrestling, where he had a lot of success there. He was a triple crown heavyweight champion, and he was the fastest person ever to earn that championship at 503 days after his debut. He also held the All-Asia Tag Team Championship with Ascension. And he also held the F1 Tag Team Championship one time with Koriki Chosu. Also announced for Bound for Glory, Minoru Tanaka will also be at that pay-per-view. And he has been in New Japan Pro Wrestling from 1999 to 2009. After that, he left and went to All Japan Wrestling from 2009 to 2013. And in 2013, he joined Wrestle One. While he, uh, Minoru Tanaka, while he was in All Japan Pro Wrestling, he held the All Asia Tag Team Championship two times with, with Koji Kanemoto. And he also held the World Junior Heavyweight Championship one time. He was in a promotion called Fujiwara Gumi Battle Arts. And he held the FMW World Junior Heavyweight Independent World Junior Heavyweight Championship two times. And he held the UWA World Middleweight Championship one time. In his time at New Japan Pro Wrestling, he held the IG, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship four times, and he held the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship five times. Also announced for Bound for Glory is Cosma Sakamoto. I think he's also just known as Cosma. And Cosma was trained by Takamichinoku, 
who actually wrestled for the competition for quite a few years. So Takamichinoku, he has a wrestling school called the Kai and Tai Dojo. Now remember, that was one of the factions back then that he was a member of was Kai and Tai. So his dojo is called Kai and Tai Dojo, where apparently he uh, trains young Japanese wrestlers. Uh, so Cosmo was a student of him, and he actually wrestled for the competition's NXT promotion from 2011 to 2013. And while he was at the Kayantai Dojo, he held the strongest K Championship one time. He held the strongest K Tag Team Championship four times. And he also held the UWA UWF Intercontinental Tag Team Championship one time with Kengo Mashimo. Also announced for Bound for Glory is the Team 246, or maybe that's Nishiroku, which is composed of Kaz Hayashi and Shuji Kondo. So I remember Kaz Hayashi back in the WCW days. He was one of the cruiserweights in the cruiserweight division. So this Team 246, they have actually wrestled TNA talent uh, not too long ago in Japan. They wrestled the Bromans and the Wolves. So those teams are, they seem to be familiar with each other. A little bit more about Kaz Hayashi. He was in WCW from 1997 to 2001. Then he moved on to All Japan Pro Wrestling from 2002 to 2013. And then he joined Wrestle One in 2013. While he was at All Japan Pro Wrestling, he held the All Asia Tag Team Championship one time with the great Kosuke. He also held the World Junior Heavyweight Championship two times, and he held the World Tag Team Championship one time with Satoshi Kojima. The other half of Team 246 is Shuji Kondo, and a little bit about him, he's actually a former rugby player. He wrestled in All Japan Pro Wrestling. He held the All Asia Tag Team Championship one time with Brother Yashi. And also he held the World Junior Heavyweight Championships two times. He also wrestled for Pro Wrestling Noah, where he was the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion one time. So tonight, Wednesday night on Impact Wrestling, we have the debut of Sergeant Chris Melendez. We'll also see Austin Aries and Tajiri take on Cowboy James Storm and the Great Sonata. We'll also see the next match in the series between the Hardys, Team 3D, and the Wolves. They will be competing in a tables match. And currently, Team 3D is up by one, so the other teams will have to work a little bit harder to even up the series. Also on Impact Wrestling tonight, we'll see who's on the cover of the 2015 Knockouts calendar, which will be available on Shop TNA soon. Also announced is the Menagerie, taking on the Bromance and Velvet Sky. And also, Kurt Angle will be there to make an announcement. Uh, I think they're using Kurt Angle in a nice way. I remember back in the day, they had Jack Tunney. He just came out, and he would just make official rulings. 
and things like suspensions or reinstating uh, wrestlers and but he would only come on television like once in a blue moon and I kind of like authority figures like that I don't like the constant authority figure on TV every single week taking up uh, valuable television time from the actual wrestler so I think they're using angle in a in a good way angle it's been speculated that his contract may be up soon so Kurt angle may be uh, leaving Impact Wrestling soon. So I think it's a good way to still use Angle in the show, have him a part of the show, but not feature him in the show if he's going to be leaving the company soon. So that's all there is for this week. I appreciate everyone listening. Be sure to follow Podcast TNA on Twitter if you want to find out more about the podcast and when the latest uh, episode is, will be released. And recommend everyone checking out Impact Wrestling tonight. 